Hey guys, welcome back to the Beyond the Track podcast, your favorite motorsport podcast where we go through everything from Formula One to the Porsche Carrera Cup and literally everything in between. Now, today we have another special episode with a special guest. You'll also notice that there is someone missing. Sav, unfortunately, is not with us today. She is having an exciting job interview, but that's okay because we've got the amazing Mona, who is a motorsport content creator on TikTok, as well as a aspiring motorsport career person, but we'll get into that a bit more. Uh, so do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi, guys. Uh, I'm Mona. I just turned 25 and I've been in and out of motorsport for the past two years, let's say, starting with an internship at Puma, then going into GT3 racing, and then just a long line of frustrating F1 in um, F1 interviews, basically. So yeah, that's me. <laughs> 25 oh my god you look amazing yeah I'm like tiny and then everyone is like oh I'm even 18 I'm like come on (laughs) I feel the same thing anytime I've had people call me 12 14 and I'm just like you know what I take it who wants to look older at this point everyone wants to look younger right so we'll take it all right um yeah so I guess the first thing is probably the most important thing is how did you first get into motorsport and like when did that happen yeah, so despite the fact that I live really close to the Hockenheim ring, where you always hear the cars from my room, which is kind of cool, I was never like too, because no one in my family cared about it. They're the Germans, you know, it's football, soccer, whatever you want to call it. Um, So I never really had that connection to it. I could hear it, but that was it. Um, But then somehow... um during uni so I started so I did international business but the focus was intercultural management and I always loved sport I did sport my whole life um also professionally it was judo so nothing like in that direction but I always had this connection with like culture and sport for some reason and motorsport especially was so crazy because you know they say it's like the traveling circus and everyone is working together but they're all from different backgrounds and then it was during a time where Seb was still at Ferrari and they were saying oh some of the Italian pressure like comes to him and maybe if he like changes to the Aston Martin then um, the British environment will be different and all these kind of things and with my educational background I was like oh my god that might be really interesting so those kind of weird cultural intercultural things got me first interested in the sport and then of course everything else came afterwards yeah no I I feel you with like being close to a racetrack I'm not close to an F1 track but I do have a local racetrack literally 10 minutes down the road so thankfully I've always been involved in motorsport in terms of the professional stuff my family grew up watching F1 so I grew up watching F1 but I never really followed anything other than the big ones like Formula One, mm-hmm. F3, Formula E and those ones never grassroots and local stuff so even though I had this amazing track down the road that hosted everything apart from basically F1 at that point, I'd never gone and never visited it. It was like I had this down the road. So I feel that. I guess one thing I want to bring up, because I feel like I've heard this, someone told me this, is that even though Germany has had some amazing F1 drivers, it's not that big anymore. Is that true? Because mm-hmm. that's yeah. true. I also don't know why. So the thing is... and. In German Sky, uh, we have Ralf Schumacher, and he always brings this up. And the thing is, it also started with the lower category. So we used to have our own um, F4, like they have F4 Italy, F4 Spain. Was they used ADAC to have Germany. I'm sorry? Was it ADAC F4 or is that what it is now? Uh, oh, no, that's, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it is that. True. They were the ones hosting it. Exactly. And now, I think two years ago or something like that, 
it just like no like it doesn't exist anymore because apparently there were not a lot of people coming up um that wanted to do it and then obviously we still have some germans and they go to the other um categories but that was that used to be so big like there were so many crazy names in that and now it just doesn't exist anymore because financially it doesn't really work and so it's crazy i don't really know the reason but yeah that's it and then i mean in terms of um, DTM, where I worked, it was really interesting that the viewership go went down like crazy, but attendance really went up again. So I don't know what's going on there. But then the thing is, the people that attended are motorsport fans either way, but yeah. the new ones who would maybe like ease in with watching it a little bit, they just disappear. So there's no one really coming back. And I do think one reason could be because Germans are really can be really well you know germans and cars and then things change and then the motor isn't as loud anymore and blah 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 and then they get super pissy about it so i feel like that could be the reason but that also doesn't explain why some categories that don't exist anymore but because that i mean f4 no one really no not saying no one watches it but that's not the reason why it doesn't exist anymore it's because not the talents don't want to do it anymore yeah no yeah. i think it's the, the same in australia we don't have i think we we barely have like feeder series when it comes to single seaters anyway. But at mm -hmm. one stage we did have an F3 and an F4, obviously not the same level as they are everywhere else, but they both got axed. I believe F4 got axed in 2019 and F3 got axed not that long before that too. And it's just impossible, which is thankfully F1 is still quite big, I'd say in Australia because we have supercars, which is a massive one yeah. for us. Thankfully we have a big league, which makes it interesting. But yeah, I just found it was so interesting, not just because a, Germany's in Europe and Europe is like the motorsport capital but because there have been some icons come from Germany you'd think but I guess there isn't really any more I, I mean Vettel and then we had Schumacher but Mick like Schumacher I guess yeah. while he carried his dad's name he's obviously not to like not his dad which he shouldn't be he's his own person so I mean I guess <laughs> that would probably help yeah, we have Hülkenberg but the fact oh, that you know like well, i get it <laughs> sorry I'm yeah no no uh, you're right but then again i'm not i'm not a i'm not a nico fan as in i was not happy when he came back not in the oh god damn like i hate him accent but it's more I like it. yeah. bring a young driver why are we bringing back someone who's been in the Actually, so long? that's what but, we said it's like okay he's german but like <laughs> no we want like we'd rather like keep make or something yeah, yeah. okay i love that all um, right so you said that you know it was a bit of a late coming you didn't have people around you which is honestly how a lot of people used to get into motorsport so what do you love about motorsport what yeah what would you say is your favorite thing what drew drew you in that's a good question honestly it's the feeling I get when I see anything motorsport related, let's say you can't really ex uh, describe, I mean, you would know, but yeah. it's the thing if you see something or you even see someone wearing merch, super silly and you're like, oh my God. And you get like all tingly. It's like, it's like love, but like actual love. <laughs> Honestly, like I can't describe, like I can't really describe what the feeling is. It's just the feeling. Yeah. yeah no, <laughs> it's not I like one aspect I could name. It's like, everything surrounding it <laughs> yeah no I get it because I know some people say it's the speed and stuff and while I like like the speed it's also probably if it to me it's like seeing the speed isn't that impressive I would like to feel the speed so I can't really say the speed is too mm -hmm. much the wheel to wheel racing does get like your heart pounding but yeah I think it's it's a lot of it I think it's just such a different sport which makes it a bit more interesting because it's just 
it's not like anything else. It's a team sport, but it's actually individual. It's racing mm-hmm. cars, not physically, you know, matching someone. It's not technical, but also technical in its own way. So it, it's definitely a different sport. And I understand why it was so slow in the upcoming recently until, you know, DTS came along and really like helped up the numbers. Um, okay, exactly. so who is your favorite driver on the grid? Okay, you know, I'll give you two options. One that's currently on the grid and one that is no longer in the grid, whether they be from back in history or just off the grid now. Okay, well, honestly, like Zeb, Sebastian Vettel is <laughs> number one for me for sure. Um, Also because I got the opportunity to meet him and he's such an amazing person. <laughs> yeah. We're going to talk and- about that later. <laughs> And even his dad and all, so it's like my favorite. Um, yeah. Right now, there's so many I like. There's not like, like I mean, I could give you an answer because I if I would have to, but there are like so many on the grid right now. I have sympathy for, and I would like to succeed. So yeah. <laughs> all right. So if you don't have particularly a favorite driver that's on the grid, do you have a favorite team? Yeah, sadly. You know? Oh no! Is that's it? Is it what I think? You know? <laughs> yeah, Ferrari. Strong. strong you're a strong one well i guess now that it's like summer break i've seen all the memes it may or not summer break summer break for me winter break for everyone else oh yeah true <laughs> yeah 90 days of not having to worry about ferrari going a ferrari so it's good right until they somehow manage to i don't know stuff up testing or the livery reveal or something yeah. like that fingers crossed 2024 is a new year maybe better maybe better oh uh, i'm not so optimistic but yeah i mean it's okay <laughs> I- I guess we're going to move on now to more of the content creation side. So you do a lot of content on TikTok. That's the main one I see you on, but you have a very specific kind of content you create. Now, obviously there is the motorsport stuff that you make, but there is also the other more job career aspect of motorsport, which by the way, I love. So I guess, first of all, just to begin it all, what made you start making videos? Mm-hmm. So... I started like really consistently making them when I had my, so I switched from from, like more motorsport marketing, the internship to a more event and operation um, job. And when I did that, I was really missing like this creative marketing side of it. So that's why I was like, okay, I can't have it with my job right now because I had to take this one opportunity. So I'll just create content myself basically. So it was more for me, like a hobby, like to balance it out to like still get that creativity out, let's say. Um, that was one part of it, uh, but there it was the random stuff I didn't really know. And then at some point I was like, okay, I spent so many hours like researching all of this, looking for the jobs and navigating the website. So might as well like go in that direction. So like really shift the focus towards more sharing what I kind of discovered because I'm not an expert. It's just me hours with my laptop. So might as well share it because they're so... I mean, there are a lot of resources. I mean, also what you guys do uh, with racing rules. Is that yeah. what it's called? Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I saw all this, um, but then still there's so many more, like everything I Google, like sometimes I don't see it anywhere. So might as well share it because, and also, I mean, someone asked me once, like why I do it if I'm not afraid that someone would like take some oh, job away from me or something. I was like, no, first of all, I just want to get it if I'm the best candidate. And second of all, I want to create, if I when I make it, let's say, um, I want to be in an environment that is really inclusive and has a lot of female um, people and everyone. And that's why like, I want to be a part of that. And even if it's just like one or two people I could like help, that always already helps me to create an environment where I want to work in. So 
yeah that was a long answer but yeah that's no, it <laughs> I love that no it's it's amazing because yeah I mean they call it gatekeeping online but it's okay yeah, exactly. I, I can't I can't lie like I have seen some of your videos and seen them but like, oh I'm gonna go apply for that because it is like you said you spend hours because it takes you hours sometimes to find all of these job roles because they're across different things they're on LinkedIn they're on Seek they're on motorsport jobs or they're on each like website of each team across different countries and this and that and you put on the hard, hard effort of actually finding them and you just made it easy for everyone to collect because that's I mean racing roles we found that there was a gap in the market when it came to the job roles not in the market but like gap in information for people to know there are so many people that want to work but don't have the information and you've done it in like a really nice eight like easily digestible and like fun way but also you've just like helped out so many people I believe there are so many people out there that didn't know about any of these jobs until you post it because especially there are some sites like that aren't just on the usual ones that I honestly completely miss and they're what I want and I'm like oh thank god so no really like it, it's good it works and it's again like racing roles we try and give the bare information but sometimes what you need is actual open jobs so that's really cool um no I like yours as well there were a lot of screenshots I took from you guys it's like oh okay interesting I like this so yeah <laughs> So it, it kind of came from the same place. Like you said, you did your research and you might as well share it. That was this kind of same thing, racing all the Blizz who started it. She was doing research on jobs because she wanted to know, or she was trying to help someone. She's like, hang on, can I just share it with everyone? And then, you know, you see that people actually do want it. Well, I guess going on from that, do you remember what your first video was? Now I'm going to put this in two parts because you have like your two types of content. Do you remember your first ever TikTok video and then kind of your first ever career specific TikTok video? Well, my first video, I don't remember what it was. Like, it was some some sort of trend. I don't remember. Something with, I don't know. It was it was actually when I was still with Puma. So before I, like, regularly did it. And I was like, oh, might as well. Like, no one really knows me, whatever. And I don't remember exactly what it was. It was something like, oh, my boyfriend can be so happy, so lucky because he's, like, a motorsport girlfriend. Or, like, who watches oh. F1 with him? Something like that. Oh, but- Love it. And then get a lot of views, and I was like, oh, I hate this. I don't like it. <laughs> no, that's and then you had to do the trip. Oh, no, I actually do remember the career one. Yeah, it was. Um, I waited because in the beginning, I was really shy to post and also to film when I'm like out and about. Um, so I waited till the last week of my internship with Puma, and I did a like what it looks like if you're a motorsport intern at Puma so like a follow me around kind of thing so that was the more like I mean it wasn't career career but it was still giving people insight and it blew up because people were really interested in that I think I remember that video I feel like I watched it for sure yeah okay interesting I think that might have been the one I followed on because that was like really cool it was like oh <laughs> that's another thing like people don't think about the fact that there are brands that work with motorsport that aren't directly like motorsport teams or that but you can work and still branch off which is great. So that's awesome. Okay, cool. Um, I guess kind of the last one then is, I guess it's a bit of a promo for you in such. It's like if you were to be able to describe your content and someone had never heard of you, heard of your account, seen anything, how would you describe it in like a couple of sentences? So the main focus is definitely inspiring women to consider motorsport as a as an opportunity. They don't really have to want it or like be at the stage already where they're get like go and get the job, but just to see what is out there 
that there are a lot of women out there. So that is like the main purpose. But of course, you have to fill your content calendar with some fun trends and some, I mean, right now, because it's like Christmas approaching, um, like some gift guards, stuff like that. But the main idea is basically, yeah, there you can consider it um, as a career path. And I think a lot of people that are a bit younger that follow the career bits of it, like some of them, it's like half, half. So mission accomplished, maybe. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah, no. Okay. Do you want to just plug your socials at the moment? Like, where can people find you? What is your username? Yeah. So TikTok is Racing Saloma. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Instagram is Mona Saloma ninety eight. Um, but yeah, Instagram is more everything Mona, not just racing Mona. Yeah. But yeah, TikTok is the main one. Have you had anyone actually message you and be like, "Oh, you helped me," like? find a job or you help me get a job or anything like that is there any like nice heartwarming yeah. stories you can yeah share? it's crazy yeah actually quite a few people um most of them um more like internships because that's just the age of the people but actually one or two even that got actual jobs out of it which is really really cool that's um it's really funny because I even like oh, so good. like so when I did the Puma one like even the three people that came did my exact position came from my TikTok and then there's another one that um also Puma and Motorsport and also like three or four people after them came from me and at some point I didn't even know but then some people were like oh again someone that saw your video and someone we hired there I was like let's go amazing it's also it feels good doesn't it like it's not exactly what you do it for as such because we had a really hot one one racing girls some a mum messaged us and said um our daughter had been trying to find work experience for a long time in the uk with the team or of sorts and she was just not getting any emails back nothing no responses and she saw one of our posts which was companies in motorsport that aren't obviously directly teams and one of them was yes. pro drive i believe and turns out the daughter saw or the mom saw it told the daughter the daughter you know inquired and she got a work placement there and we were like and she was like thank you and we we're like oh that's what like sometimes running things like racing rules it gets hard because it's like hey we're trying to get into it ourselves and it's a lot of work yeah. and a lot of behind the scenes but then things like that and you're like oh my god it's actually working like it is helping and it's so it's so sweet to know and then you're like why can't I do this for myself why can't I get myself a job so it's like right. and then we'll get there um well, I guess to kind of finish off the content creation side um how do you find being a female content creator just because I personally know that it can be terrible sometimes, but I guess it, it might be interesting with the kind of content you make since some of it is career specific and I don't know what the kind of gender stereotypes and kind of things are there. Are you, is it more your trends that might get a negative like um, audience or do your career stuff do or have you actually had quite a pleasant time? No, honestly, the only ones that get sort of weird comments where I fight back but then at the end I delete what they wrote because I, I just want to fight back and then I don't want people to actually read that shit oh sorry um is when I do something about female female like drivers it was or like right now when I do a little bit of f1 academy stuff yeah oh and then people are just so uneducated and it gets so annoying so it wasn't against me luckily so yeah. my algorithm is strong and uh, so it just shows to the right people but for these kind of videos it's insane and I I it's okay if people have other opinions but if they're just uneducated 
not great comment uh, comments I get mad and yeah that's the thing because it's like not about me and then I do want to fight back because sometimes I feel like maybe they can get educated no but just for my own ego and then I at some point delete it because I don't want any other people that maybe haven't made their mind up read a comment that's just not correct like there are no facts in there so nowadays I will either make a video if it's a really bad one just calling out how say sexy someone is or I will do the deleting the comments. And while it's not the same as fighting someone back, I found it does feel good because there was this one time, especially someone had said something really stupid. And I just like went, it was like, I literally typed out a full message and then went, you know what? Not worth my time. Deleted it, just deleted the comment. And then it was like, I think the next day and the person came back and went, oh, you can't just delete my comments and pretend they weren't there. And then what did I do? Delete that comment. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, you were never there. And it's not the same satisfaction in arguing back, but it does feel fun sometimes. Because you're like, they spent all this time and it's like, oh, you're not there anymore. Whoopsie daisy. But no, that's good to hear that it's only on the F1 Academy stuff. That's that's really nice. It's, uh, it's, really, it's a good time. The thing is, because I know a lot of um female creators get a lot of these, you know, go back in the kitchen, blah, blah, what kind of comments. I think the difference is with, like, first of all, maybe the algorithm, but second of all, I think people because i've worked in the industry before they know certain comments they just can't make because i sometimes know more than them because they're just no sorry no but you know what i mean like sorry it is usually guys uh, and they're just like some whatever they've never been within like a kilometer or like a yard or whatever mile we're talking about of a paddock and then they're like quiet about it because i feel like that's want something that protects me which is stupid because it shouldn't um but I think that is one of the reasons because I was thinking about it because there you know there are so many people they also openly on TikTok say like address um the hate they get and the crazy misogynist comments and then I was thinking like why not me because it's not like I don't make some sometimes controversial comments um but I feel like that is a thing and it's annoying like it's good for me but it's stupid because it always shows that guys just yeah anyway I don't want to be now yeah well I mean it's annoying that like you have to have some kind of like backing to protect you but it was also it's slight term because I know there would have been a time where even if you worked in it they would have still said things because they wouldn't have like yeah I'd say that is an improvement and it's, it's good to hear I mean like I said I would rather you not get it than everyone get it like it's it's good to see that some people don't get it yeah I mean, I got it in real life, but that was more the working part and not the content creation part. Oh, wow. Okay, well, we're, going, we're moving into the job. Yeah, yeah. Now. So I guess we'll, you can bring that story in, I guess, where it fits. And if not, I'll ask you at the end. But I guess you you mentioned the Puma thing. I completely forgot about that because I, I saw a lot of your DTM content. So what was the Puma internship and how did that go? How did that come about? What did you do? <laughs> yeah. So that was actually like around the time um, when I uh, got into motorsport. And then like a year later, I had this, uh, well, I finished my bachelor and I was like, okay, what am I going to do? No idea. Got to go with an internship. So I looked at motorsport internships and that one came up and it was um, motorsport marketing, Puma Motorsport Marketing. So they have two marketing, um, marketing departments within motorsport, the B2B and the B2C. So if you're in contact with the business so with ferrari and so on or with the customers so like the merch side of things yeah. um so i was in the b2c so business to customer one and we did a lot of um so we actually were the one like it, 
let's say it was during COVID still, so not great for me because now a lot of interns get to go to some of the shoots with some of the drivers, which is so cool. Oh, um, but we were the ones that planned, for example, there was like this uh, Max shooting, you know how it is with drivers and sponsorships, they in the contact in the contract, there's always like you have this and this amount um, of time with them for shooting products, promoting your product and yeah. so on. And yeah, back in the day when Red Bull was so with Puma, um, that was like my first cool thing. It was uh, right before Spa, I think 2021. And they had this shooting coming up and we had to make it really exciting. So let's like look for some, let's say toys, you know, like a Carrera uh, track, stuff like that. So it's like a fun shooting and we don't like put maps in front of a white wall and be like here by merge. Um, so that was really fun because you can work together um, to see kind of like figure out with the product line managers what kind of styles would look cool on mags and then also work together with red bull for example because there's so many regulations you know it's with brands you have to do um so that's kind of the things i did um just planning some store some stuff and then it was also the time when lewis didn't want to be like a personal puma athlete anymore because there was a time when he switched management so we got uh, george and it was like you know when an athlete joins a brand it's like really crazy like brainstorming kind of things like how do we want to position him <laughs> and it was funny the first thing that came up with my boss is like we need to get him out of skinny jeans it doesn't look good it's weird if he wears like cool puma stuff with like skinny jeans <laughs> and it's like you know um... those kind of things <laughs> That conversation you have. That's actually really cool. Like, and you think about it, obviously there is a marketing department, but to actually hear the inside stuff, that that's, okay, that's really cool. The hell? Oh my God. So how long so, was the internship for? Um, it was half a year, six months. I wanted to do longer, but in Germany, you have to be like immatric immatriculated, like in uni to do it, you know, legal stuff. And I was done with my, ba my, my bachelor. So I was like, I'm not in uni anymore. I can't do it. So yeah, I wanted to do it longer. Yeah. But yeah, but the thing in Germany is also that it's like even people after me, no one could get hired as a junior. And it's just because football is still so much bigger and motorsport is, although they get like Williams, they've like Alfa Romeo. Since I left, there's so many new uh things going on and they have the and have Formula One and all of this, but it's like no space. So it's like, yeah, well, again, bye bye. <laughs> I guess it's a cool thing to put on your CV and you did some cool stuff. For sure, yeah. I always try to write it now when I apply to teams that have them as a sponsor, as a sponsor, as like an uh supplier. I was like, I have the contact. Can you hire me? By the way, I've sort of worked with you like indirectly before. Oh, and can do it again. Exactly. <laughs> All right, awesome. So you went from the Puma the Puma internship, and then you went and joined DTM. Now, was that an internship as well, or was that a a role? Yeah, so on paper, it was an internship, but honestly, not even on LinkedIn, I put internship because screw that. It was definitely way more than that. It was, that's okay. I always say I can talk a bit negative because they're not under the same ownership anymore and it is for a reason. Um, So it doesn't concern anything to new DTM because they are under ADAC now as well. Um, Yeah, and it was, it was a time where interns quit, interns had to go to what do you call it in English when you have like kind of a burnout and you need like to go to like some oh nice wow. nature retreat kind of yeah it was not a great that's why it's like the freak yeah. no I don't want this as an internship because it was yeah well to weird. be fair like I was seeing yeah. you at like tracks all the time and this and that and I'm like that's all like I know internships obviously you 
um, go along and you do what you can. But that just seemed seemed like a lot. It, honestly, I thought you were working in DTM anytime I saw you post, so I'm not surprised. But that's so, was that unpaid or was that paid? Unpaid. Yeah, paid what you have to pay interns. But it was all, yeah, it was paid what they had to pay. Um, but yeah, it wasn't okay, enough. Okay, so it was basically just minimum. Okay, cool. So how did that come about as well? Was that was it very soon after the Puma that you managed to get this new gig or was there a big wait time? And then what was the role again and what, what were you doing there? So I got, while I was working at Puma, I was already looking what I would want to do um, afterwards. And I didn't want to do another internship, but that was, I mean, even now I know how hard it is. So back in the day, even. Uh, so I saw this coming up and I just applied, honestly. And it was directly afterwards. So I finished in February and moved straight to the next city. Um, and two days between basically the two internships wow. and started again with the other one yeah and this one was um was it what did I say events and operation there you go events and operation <laughs> um on the paper as well but I mean it's a, a racing series and there are not a lot of people working there so it was like a bit of everything let's say but the main thing was also um I did a lot with the podium stuff um so like the navigation between the drivers, the racetrack, um, that the right song is on, that we have the right um, LED things in the background with the flags, those kind of things. Then we had a fan village uh, where, you know, these reaction games and those kind of things. We had like a DJ with a stage yeah. with some fun moderation. So I helped my colleague as well, like coordinating all of this, like, you know, all the organizational stuff with that. Um, but it was really fun to do the podium ceremonies because I felt really cool, you know, standing. You know, when you see it in F1, there are like some people like um, at the side trying to like that everything works. I was like, I felt kind of cool. I was on TV. Let's go. <laughs> but those were like the main things. And then, of course, um, before they knew that it would be under new management, I also did a lot of contract stuff with um, racetracks. They wanted to race the next um, year. So oh, it was wow. a great insight for that. Yeah. Jesus. Okay. You basically have a bit of experience in everything then. Oh my God. Cause I, I know it's kind of the same here in Australia. It's like, if you do something, you're probably going to do a bit of everything anyway, just cause teams are so small. I did a work experience weekend somewhat with one of our, I guess our best grassroots category. So I'd say it's the most popular under supercars, which is our biggest. And I went down for the weekend and I did the same thing. I helped with their podium stuff, not to the point where I was standing on the podium, but it was like setting up the confetti cannons, setting up the trophies, get, setting cool. up the champagne, getting sure that was ready. And then I was basically just a runner. I came there to do social media and I was doing that, but then I was a runner for everything else. So it was like, yeah, setting that up, then setting up the areas where the cars would come in and park behind their like boards that said one, two and three, making sure. Yeah, that's what I did as well. I love that. And it was like crazy because coming into that, I obviously only thought I was going to do social. They were like, oh, you're going to do and then when it came for the grid walk time I was holding one of the flags for one of the times we we're doing the grid walks the other time I was make like until the singer was doing her like the national anthem and it was like this is crazy but also like I like obviously it's unpaid work and it's cool but it's like if I got the job I'd be doing all of this and it's like so crazy because when you're an internal you're there for work experience you kind of have a little bit less of a weight on your shoulder it's like okay I'm just gonna follow someone else's instructions and hope for the best whereas when you're doing it, it's like oh this is on me I need to make sure everything is right and it, it's hectic but no it's really fun getting to do all this other little stuff that people I guess forget in motorsport because it's like oh yeah someone takes care of it yeah someone does and that was like us for a bit and it's it's really it's interesting so cool okay awesome okay, so you had the DTM internship that was straight after the Puma internship how long did the DTM one last or how long did you last 
<laughs> yeah, right. No, honestly, I thought about quitting. No, um, <clears throat> I didn't. Uh, it was the whole season. So um, including preseason testing. So it was nine months, I think. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. And so I mean, it was exactly a month before everyone got fired. <laughs> so oh, wow. Was... Okay. They really got rid of everyone. Okay. Wow. Cause I guess my next thing was going to be when, so when did this end? Yeah. So at the end of the season, well, not directly at the end of the season, the season ended in October um, and I also left at the end of October, but that was always planned. And then in November, everyone received the letter that for yeah. Christmas, they are out of a job, let's say. I'm assuming this was last year, 2022. Exactly. And then they announced that ADAC is going to take over and all of that. And it is actually a better environment and I think a better series. So all went out uh, like, yeah, turned out for the better, but so what have you been doing then in the motorsport space apart from the interviews because we'll come in have you had any roles since then in the motorsport world yeah so during my time at DTM I met a really cool girl who is now one of my best friends and she did uh videograph like she's a videographer and at DTM she did it for um a GT4 team but she already did it in GT3 and other racing series like in the Nürburgring and all that and um so then we were just talking and th then I joined her at the Nürburgring because I've never been to the Nordschleife Nordschleife because DTM just did the Grand Prix track um so th there was nothing job related but just joined her and then I was really bored last December and I was like oh it's so cold and she's like yeah like just come to Abu Dhabi and then they had like this intercontinental GT series uh, finale in Abu Dhabi and she's like I have a room you can just like book your flight and because she's like oh I'm an the only girl as usual and then within two days I was in Abu Dhabi which is really fun and uh, the track is amazing uh, and helped her out a little bit there with filming which I'm not a filming person but it's fun again something no more to add um so there was one thing that was my first, uh, that was a 12 hour race. So that was my first experience with uh, endurance racing, which is really fun as well. Um, and then with her as well, we planned, that was planned forever, but the 24 hours of Nürburgring, which is obviously really big here in Germany. Yeah. Um, that was a day um, this year. Um, then we plan forever with another friend that we have so many people that need to be filmed and they need to film because they wanted to do it was the team where we filmed for they just switched to Porsche and they wanted to do this real cool like you know road to not road to Le Mans but like road to uh, Nürburgring basically a uh, series and um, so we did filming there as well which was really fun um, so it was like starting from the pre-season like it started in like February, March, when the preseason testing, because like one of the bigger um 24 hour races, I think probably also Spa, like Daytona, uh, what else is out there? They always, there's so much planning behind and they got the, um they got for Porsche factory drivers and they need to do, you know, like these shootings, they need the fitting of the suits. So all of this, um so it was like a span of a few months where I helped filming as well, which was really fun. Nothing I've done before too much with an actual camera, not my phone. um But that was a really, really fun project to like, be a tiny, tiny part of a big documentary, which was wow. really fun. Awesome. So that was till then, yeah. And other than that, just like smaller, tiny things, but nothing cool. <laughs> I feel like you have every kind of aspect checked off the resume and like the experiences apart from like mechanics and engineering. So we might be seeing you like under the hood of a car soon enough because, you know. You oh, yeah, right. <laughs> so you've, you've shared a lot of your journey on TikTok um, of, you know, trying to get a career in motorsport, you've shared your Puma, the Puma stuff, you've shared the DTM. 
Um, but lately you've also shared your ups and downs with trying to get a, a stable job and especially in F1 and doing your interviews. And you, I think there was one recently where you got to, I don't think it was F1, but I think there was another series where you got really far into the interview to the point where I think you were offered a job. And then, but mm -hmm. there was something where it was, you didn't know whether you should take it or not. So I guess, how has your experience been with the interview so far, specifically in F1 as well? And then what was this job role about and what made you, I guess, I think you didn't take it in the end. What was your thought process behind that? Yeah, so in uh, talking interviews, so especially in F1, so I had two internships, uh, not two, two interviews. One was with Red Bull, which was a really great interview. It was people I actually did work before with in at Puma. We discovered that exactly that Max Verstappen spa thing. Oh my God. And then I just goes, go. So yeah, like I knew them. I somehow liked them and they just ghosted me. It was like, damn, okay. So that was that. And I think a lot of people have that um, experience that they just get ghosted by F1 teams, which is ridiculous. Yeah. And the other one, what I shared a lot was Alpine, where it was like actually probably one of two people and didn't get a job. I checked LinkedIn. It was a British person who got it. Now, I mean, fair, could have been better than me, but um, it's always frustrating a little. But honestly, like the Alpine one got me my motivation back but not because I got so far which is great but because the people were actually really nice and they were it wasn't like it was like normal job interview where they tried to convince you you tried to convince them it's like a back and forth yeah and that's the thing people which nice and my friends they like to like oh you're great like you'll get it it's like I know I'm great I know that like that is not the issue I know what I have but it, what you said it's realistic and people that are not in the process they don't get it like that you're not just being like oh okay I'm the feel like no it's actually just being realistic and thinking if it's worth it exactly because that is coming to the next point when you're like the the job I talked about recently why I was thinking more about it is exactly what you said it's like I know how it is to work in motorsport and to it not being the best environment sometimes and I was like and the job, it was okay. It was an agency who does um, accounts for um, Formula E. Yeah. And the thing is, there was a lot of, it was, first of all, it was like something in my stomach was already like something is off. And then you see the pay, you see the conditions, you see the not really existed time off and blah, 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 all these things. And it's normal in motorsport. Like, I know I'm like not naive, but that was when the switch changed. And I was like, okay, is that really what I want? Like, yeah for whatever price there is because a lot of times people are like well then you just have to take like a not great thing for like a few years till you get more the experience and then people maybe notice you and other teams and the thing is like I know but I did that already and I know it's not a year's a year but that took so much away from me and so much yeah like my mental health it wasn't great it was really like it wasn't just a bad time overall but it was just a reality check and I was like okay like no I'm not gonna take something just to work in motorsport because it's just not worth it to live in one of the most expensive cities in Germany with not a lot of pay where you're never really home. You can't really even afford your own apartment with that kind of pay. And then you don't really get the time off while working, maybe sometimes seven days a week. Like it's ridiculous. And that was kind of, although the team was nice. And I think especially in the F, um, FE environment, there are a lot of female, um, female people working there and it's just, amazing and the team was amazing but they can't do anything for the not so great conditions their company have and I get why a lot of people that want to go into motorsport take not the greatest 
um, like contracts and I get it. And that's why it won't always change, not blaming them because I get it. I was one of them as well. But that's why there will always be some people that will take those opportunities for not the best pay. And But I don't want to be that person anymore. So it yeah, doesn't like really help me or, or anyone. But yeah, that's yeah. the decision I made. It's kind of what you said. And that was what it was all about for the last job. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It really is because it's like you've worked so hard for so long. Because it's like, like I said, I've been doing unpaid work for five years. I've been crying. And it's like if I talk to my friends, so that means it started when I was 17. But if I talk to my friends these days, uh, thankfully, though, I do. Well, I, thankfully, but I have a friend. My closest friend is wanting to be an actor. So we're kind of in the same boat where we're like, yeah, we got to do a lot of crap to get to where we want. So we we divide off each other. We're both like, yeah, why did we literally today? We were like, why did we why did we make this so easy for ourselves? Why do we do that? Oh, uh, when I talk to my other friends and they're like, they got a degree and they got a job. And it's simple where it's it's like that means nothing. You can have the experience. You can literally do the job. You can go and work at that series. Like I did that two weeks or not two weeks, two days with that um, series. And I did everything and they loved me. They loved the socials, the best I've ever had. But then they're like, okay, thanks. Um, Well, like hopefully we can have something. And it's like, yeah, because it's so small that it's not, it doesn't work. There are not always spaces. And even when there is, it's like, yeah. it doesn't fit. But I guess onto a bit more of a positive spin to that, if this wasn't such a problem, what what would be your dream role and what category series would it be in? So definitely right now, still F1, because I feel like now is the time. I don't have anyone depending on me. I don't need to think about other people so I can do the crazy traveling kind of thing right now, which of course other series have as well, but I do want to at least one time like work in the F1 environment more than just um back home um with Puma because there were so many people at the paddock but obviously I wasn't the one yeah. so that would still be the the category and then I really want to go into partnership management okay. and that was the two interviews I did have as well so the thing like more like the like you were at the intersection of marketing and partnership where you do a lot of the activations and yeah. you also um talk like you're the person for the partner as well like when it comes towards hospitality obviously not the hospitality person but you know the one person that's responsible for an account and for the partner as well at the paddock but also like the marketing thing so that would definitely be my dream still <laughs> awesome yeah no it's interesting because there are so many roles that you think about and you're like oh but then sometimes they you don't know what they're called sometimes you do the different formula one to what they're called in formula e to what they're called in D2 yeah. or this or that whatever but no, that that's quite nice it's it's cool like you see some of the it I love that, but at the same time, it's like I hope if I were to work, if I ever did something like that, I need the drivers to be on a, in a in a good mood that day and willing. Because if they're not, I will cuss them out. I'm sorry, but I'm trying to do a job. So are you. Let me do it. Um, if I had to deal with, that's probably why I can't do that. Because if I was to deal with a, I don't know, a whiny driver, I'd be petty. But no, it, it's fun being able to create stuff like that. I guess it's kind of like content creation in a different format, which is you know, it's always creative. It's really fun. Yeah. And I mean, I would do the same thing. It would like F1 Academy in that direction or something. And I did have a meeting with them as well. Like that was me being pro. I actually, okay, that is a quick story time. So I, when F1 Academy happened, all that, I DM'd Susie on Instagram. <laughs> I was like, there's no email address on this 
freaking website i just want somehow to get my cv across like the frick and at some point she actually did reply and she sent me um, an email address of someone and that was right before dtm so this year f1 academy in zanford were the sporting series for dtm and i was like okay this race is coming up like i just have to shoot my shot be there so like texted this one person that still uh, works at dtm was like can you get me a ticket like i'll go take my two friends we go to zanford and take this one meeting with this really nice uh, lady who who is also doing something in F1 Academy. I'm not quite sure. She she was with the FIA and like women in motorsport kind of thing uh, for a long time. Um, she's Austrian. So I went there, we talked, it was all great. I met a lot of uh, other people working there. So it was all good. But then, and th- but then again, you know, sent the CV again, was like, hey, so if anything's coming up, blah, blah, blah wait wait nothing happening and then at some point I get um like a email back where it's like oh yeah so we don't have anything at the moment that's it but then the thing is they're under f1 and f1 is one of the hardest things to get into when it comes to visas they hate sponsor visas for like lower positions because I did do this one video where I asked people okay is it just me or is it that you feel like if you need a visa and you're not okay yeah. like what kind of jobs or what kind of teams are more open to it because I had no idea maybe this me and but that was the one thing people could agree on that f1 directly like you're out if you the one time you press the button you would need a visa when it's a normal role like a lower position role you're out and I was like great f1 academy is tied to that like yeah, yeah. that's not gonna happen for me <laughs> yeah no I was kind of the same thing when f1 academy first launched I was like it's it's something new I need to go in I think I believe I tried finding and I couldn't I couldn't find people on LinkedIn couldn't find an email and unfortunately I didn't go down the Suzy route probably should have but now that there is email I've shot off an email at the, at the end of the season and, and I was like for 2024 please um but that is like a really good way in is anytime something new pops up is to really shoot your shot basically because things that are already like F1 is so hard to get into when they break yeah. up you got to make your way in somehow. So we'll see how that goes. For sure. And I did get job offers being like, not nothing I took, but I did take one time, got something just by out of the blue messaging someone. So it is possible. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, a lot of the time you hear people get it through luck or knowing someone. And that is true for literally 80% of it is knowing someone or luck. But sometimes it's also, hey, you've got to be lucky yourself or got to make the luck in some aspect that way. But I guess following on from F1, we're going to stay away from the career stuff now for a bit more of a positive note to end, I guess. How did you enjoy the 2024 season, so this year? 2024? Mm. 2023, my bad. I'm already living How did you enjoy the F1 season this year? It was interesting. Let's say, I mean, the, the title fight, the championship fight was already out of question anyway. So I ignored that either way to just be like, okay, I can't ru- let it ruin the season for me. Um, I think it's really interesting. I did like that there were so many different things like, uh, like Danny coming back and then like hurting himself, then Liam coming, then the crazy roller coaster of McLaren, then freaking Oscar winning the sprint race, all these kind of moments I enjoyed a lot. Um, but overall, yeah, I mean, you see it in the in the data and the numbers how it kind of declined as well and some of the things. And yeah, I don't know, it was okay. it was good, but also honestly, I was a bit frustrated with work, so I was like, uh, 
<laughs> to I, be I, honest, I it is like this. Yeah, no, I get you. It wasn't the most enjoyable season, and that's honestly not F1's fault because it happens we have those domination yeah. periods, but like that's obviously you're going to have some decline there. And especially when you have some tracks where passing is, it's boring anyway, let alone when there is someone who can get like a 20 second gap in like two laps. Uh, shout out Max. You did so well, too well, honestly, but you know, you can't fault him for it or the team. Um, yeah, no. yeah, it's, um, it's interesting. Hopefully. I mean, it did feel like it was getting closer and closer towards the end. So there might be a chance. So I guess sort of a prediction question for next year. Do you think, Red Bull will win, and if they do, do you think they're going to be as dominant as this year, or do you think there will be a bit of a fight? Yeah, I think they will win, and I think it might be a bit closer than this year, but I don't think it will change too much. Okay. I hope I'm wrong, but I feel like that's reality, but I don't know. I don't know anything technical, so... <laughs> yeah, no, I... Honestly, I've... <laughs> a lot of the time, I feel like people try and make it too technical when it's like sometimes you gotta remember that it is just a sport and you've got to yeah. just enjoy it and honestly no one can predict when things are going to work or not work like Mercedes looked like they were going to win forever I mean how many did it do eight nine years or something and then all of a sudden one year they didn't and it was like oh okay and all of a sudden Red Bull have done it but there is a big chance that next year they don't but there's also a big chance that they do and guess what no one will know until the delivery launches if they decide to change the cars a bit or until testing oh, or unless they like sandbag, so we'll see. Um, if not, it's 2026, so that's that. <laughs> the next regulation changes, and maybe another car on the grid. We'll see, Andretti, that'd be great. Oh, no. um, that yeah, I guess we've got two more things. Your highlight for you this season, both on and off the track. Now, I'm going to probably split this into two parts. I'm going to do, what was your highlight in terms of watching and being a fan of motorsport on and off the track? And then what was your highlight in terms of job wise, career wise. Yeah, that one can't be on and off, but just one of those. <laughs> so on track, it was definitely in Zanford when I got to see F1 Academy race and it was just oh, emotional for me. Yeah, I would like had like there was a standing there and I just ah oh, I'd like to tie a bit of tears in my eyes because I thought it's such a great moment. And it was at the time where it was already clear that all the things will happen for them next, uh, like in 2024. So it was so emotional for me and I felt so empowered. And I was like, oh my God, this is going to be great. I feel like it's going to be great. And I saw Susie Wolf and I was like, oh my God. So yeah, that was definitely my highlight. And then working, it was definitely the 24 hour of Nürburgring because it was the first time, because film, like I'm not a filming person and I was actually... That's the cool thing when you're not in F1, because in F1, you know, with all the regulations, you can't just stand there and film. It's either just the photographers. But there, I was standing so close. I don't know. There's so many. I can say meters, but I don't know. There are a lot of people who don't know meters. But it was like, it was really just a tiny barrier. It wasn't even like tires. It was just a tiny barrier like you would see on the motorway. And I was standing there and I was like filming GT3 cars, like going past me. And it was like a really high speed car. And I was like... <gasps> I might die, but this is great. So that was definitely a feeling. I don't know when I, when I will ever have it again because it's not where I want to go for working, but I'm really, really glad that I got the opportunity to experience that side as well because it is actually really cool. That is, oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things, like if there were so many regulations in F1, unless you go to Monaco where, I don't know, a Marshall can basically be on track and it's fine. But that is like, you go and do, say, the grassroots stuff and stuff and you realize how like, free you can actually be like you can walk around the pit lane you can do this and it's just so much better but that would honestly 
a goal to be able to they, that's another thing i can't believe well actually motorsport is i guess quite big in germany but the fact that f1 isn't so big when they've got some iconic tracks unfortunately not racing i need hoffenheim back i love that but i guess to finish off kind of flows perfectly from that you mentioned that you've met seb and i need to know <laughs> what was that story how did that happen tell me everything because i am a seb lover through and through so it was last year it was the weekend of oh like prior to the first DTM race in Portugal at the time. So everyone was already leaving for Portugal. It was only three intern girls that were left. And uh, I was the only one actually that could fly the next day and the rest, they couldn't even go. So we were like a bit, oh my God, we're not appreciated. Everyone's already in Portugal. And then um, one girl was at home office and she saw from uh, sports signage, you know, the people that for the people that don't know that they're the ones who do all the banners and the the paintings in F1 and all other categories. And they have like a sustainability thing going on. And they she saw on her in their story that in Munich, where the office was located, they did something um, with the bees, obviously, it's said with bees. And just from this one picture, like she recognized, oh my God, that's where it was. And we're like, we're the only ones in the office. No one notices if we work or not. So we just took the car and went there to see if we can find him. It's okay. We were with our DTM jacket. So we're like, we're official, you know, it's like not the creepiest thing ever. No, but it was actually, it was fun. And then it was just when they finished um, filming. So it was really, actually it was a coincidence then that we actually did run into him. Um, so they were like, yeah. And then it was, uh, what is, it's Britta, like her, his um, yeah. media person was always with him. Um, yeah, it was really fun. And then she's like, oh yeah, like we can take a picture and like we can talk and then we just talk with him and then blah, blah, blah. And then, yeah, that was it. It was a bit of stalking, but shoot your shot, right? That's, that's not stalking that's just being you know passionate they say oh my god my heart if I like no I'm, I'm so like I'm so jealous the last three things you've told me you've done I am like I want to do all of them but like Seb the only okay I have I haven't met Seb properly the only time like story I have breaks my heart every time I think about it basically this is the closest I got went to the OzGP one year with um, my family and the, we have this thing called the Melbourne walk where you can line up really early along these barriers and the drivers will walk in through that and they will take photos. Oh, with yeah. So it was there and the not so popular drivers, I say that as in anyone other than like Lewis, Seb and Daniel will kind of stop and take photos with everyone. But the really popular ones like those two will just sign things because they don't have time to be able to like take photos with everyone. So I had my book out ready to get signed, which I did get signed. But uh, my mother was next to me. Well, not next. She was next. She was like two people down. And then so when Seb comes over now, I guess the context is she is a massive Lewis Hamilton fan. My whole fam family is. And this is at like just after the peak of Vettel and Lewis obviously being rivals when Red Bull, Seb and Lewis and Merck. And then he moved to Ferrari. This was, I think, the first year of him and Ferrari. Ferrari and it was still air. And I was the Vettel fan. I was the outlier. He was like, no, I don't want to be you I like Seb he is my favorite because I had found him back in Red Bull and I was like I choose him so I was there to meet Seb so my anyway he, he walk, he's walking and he gets into in front of my mum and my mum just goes oh can I have a photo please 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 and literally goes please 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 can I have a photo and Seb goes to her oh look like I can't it's too busy I, I can't and then she goes please please he's like I'm sorry so he walks away he like keeps signing he walks away a minute later he walks back he comes back 
and he takes a photo with my mum. And I'm just there shocked, like, hey, you badmouth this man every weekend when there is a race because he used to beat your man. And I had to sit there and take it while you complained about his finger wagging. But then you to then go and get the photo with my favorite driver. And I was oh. just like, literally, I was in shock as that happened. And I was like, no, this can't be happening. Uh, so my mum got that interaction with Vettel while I was two people away just going, what does my life come to? Uh, but yeah, so that's as close as I've got. So fingers crossed I will meet him someday, at whatever it may be. Um, but yeah, so I love that you're into Seb. That, that's great. Yeah. So I, like I said, very jealous. But fingers crossed it will happen. But I guess that is probably the best place to end it. Obviously, I always bring Seb into it because why should we? <laughs> Uh, but it's been really good chatting with you. Uh, just thank you for coming on. Really appreciate it. And thank you to everyone listening. I guess before we go, again, Mona, where can they find you? Just throw it in there again. Promo yourself. Racing Salomo on Instagram. Uh, no, on TikTok. Oh, God. Racing Salomo on TikTok. Yeah. And there you can find everything. <laughs> okay. Awesome. So thank you guys for listening. Make sure to follow at Beyond the Track Podcast on the socials. It's either at Beyond the Track Podcast or at Beyond the Track Pod on Instagram and TikTok. Make sure you follow us there. You'll see all the best clips from all of our recent episodes. And you'll also see some of the uh, chances to ask some questions for our upcoming guests. We've had some amazing people in the past, which have Chloe Grant. And then we have also another exciting one, which either is up before this one with who is Jess Edgar from the F1 Academy, but we also have some other exciting ones coming too. So thank you if you're still sticking around. Thank you for listening. Make sure to follow us on Spotify too. Rate us five stars because it supposedly does something. And just stay up to date with us and we'll see you at the next one. Yeah.